July 20, 2022. It's a lot for Pedro's show. The main thing was trying to trying to just uh, see how things were, you know, see how uh, we have a guy here who's, who plays all together different, you know, you say, well, that's so-and-so, I know him anyway. When you hear something else, say, well, that's so-and-so, but he, yeah, I know him anyway. And then you sit down and maybe you can see where, try to see where they both came from, you know, and you find maybe they came out of the same tree somewhere along the line. And, you know, so when I started looking at looking at jazz like that, too, you know, at, at collectively, looking at the whole thing. And then after Johnny Hodges, uh, it was Miles, that was the next one. I went with Jimmy Smith for about a couple of weeks before I went with Miles, the Orange. Wow. <laughs> I'd wake up in the middle of the night, man, hearing that organ. <laughs> yeah, man, it was called screaming at me. played with Bud. I never worked with him. I, I played about, I play. I think I played one gig with him. Back in 1949, uh, Miles used to get with dance jobs in the Audubon in New York, uptown, way up on Broadway. And I think on one of the jobs he had uh, Sonny Rollins and Bud, Art Blakely. I got the bass man and myself, you know, on this dance job. I think that's the only time I've worked with Bud. He was playing, too. For Pedro Show, happy Wednesday, brother Matt. How you doing? Yeah, I'm great. A little delay game, American League again. Man, oh man. I now why can't the Angels do this good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were there, right? Yeah, I've been there up the MLB All Star Week. I've been okay, up there all week. Okay, home run derby. So was it game. was it disappointed, or you just saw it coming? Uh, you know, the National League seemed like they got that curse going. They started off strong. Yeah, curse oh, right. was awesome. And uh, then, then fade just the fade, fade. like at, at the fade. track. Watch out for the guy who's because <laughs> everybody drafts on his came ass. Out of the gate. <laughs> came out of the gate hard. <laughs> yeah, but then everybody drafts you and saves on, yeah. on fuel, right? Yeah. Well, like fun. some motherfuckers, the way they drive on the freeway, drafting you know, <laughs> like a velodrome. Uh, look, we start off the show with uh, John Coltrane talking to August Bloom in 1958. More about people he played with, and then we had the Muffs. But that's not for me. And uh, I, want, I want to welcome aboard Wap Pedro Show, Brother Matt, joining us. 
fellow bass brother via brother Dale. Yeah. Bass brother Dale up in Cruz. Ronnie Barrett. Barnett. Ronnie Barnett. Barnett. Did I get that right? Yeah, Barnett. Yeah. We're yeah, not Barnett. here to talk about okay. the fucking angels, are we? I was getting all French on you, a little Barnet. <laughs> yeah, 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 Barnet. Yeah, I, I guess it is French. I don't know. Yeah, because they like to cut the last letters off. It's kind of econo. I wish I was there. <laughs> so, but but uh, Ronnie Barnett, uh, bass brother from, power, from the power trio tradition, is just beautiful to have you aboard. And also bass brother Dale, who's was SoCal for many, many years, and now is, uh, ain't really NorCal. It's kind of in the middle. He's in Santa Cruz. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Sacramento, Sacramento. Now he's Sacktown. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he yeah. came and saw me play there. It, yeah, it's outside of Sacramento. I forgot the name of that's that exact it. town. Yeah, yeah, but you know, the year before he saw me in, in Cruz, yeah. he he made a commute to do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, he had to move because it said it cost too much to live here in SoCal. Well, mm. we, 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 it was like Highland Park, Mount something Washington, yeah, or something, something like that. There. And it was just too much, uh, too much ducats and. That's happening a lot. A lot of people are moving for that reason. Actually, yeah. actually, that is happening. But you know, maybe with the internet and stuff, like artistic, creative people, they can uh, telecommute. Mm, yeah, maybe true. And, and you can live where the rents econo, but still be where the, the work is happening mm. because it's over the internet anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. Looking yeah. for solutions. That the idea where we all got to either be in the city or New York yeah, new or options. SoCal. I think that's kind of over. Yeah, we got some new options. Because the traffic thing, the rent thing, they're just the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Anyway, De- we, we want, we're curious about your story. <laughs> Truly. So please bring your first, earliest musical memory. Right. Okay. Uh, well, you know, um, it's more of an event thing. I was five years old. Events are okay in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was 1970, and my, 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 my family's best friends came to town with their five kids. We all got dressed up, my four, me and my four brothers, and we went. We were going to see Elvis Presley at the Astrodome. I'm from Houston, Texas, originally. Okay. Right. Um, so, so yeah, Lightning Hopkins. Exactly. Yes, I, I remember hearing ads for Lightning Hopkins playing at the Dome Shadow. You know, growing up, like uh, he was just working clubs. Which yeah, is what was it? Third right? Ward, or I went to a place called the Silver Slipper, and they told me a lot of the gigs. You know what ward you were in? Uh, I was on the. I was like outside of town. Like, yeah, because like, Houston's got this thing that's kind of like SoCal all spread out on the, on the outside, but inside they have this old kind of fashion thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, now when I go back, the outside where I used to live is at the inside now. Like, <laughs> like it's you know it's all spread out. Um, but uh, no, so I remember this. This everybody's very excited. We go to the Astrodome and like Elvis comes on and like people are losing their minds. There's flash bulbs going off the whole show. So I I just remember the event of it and and. You know, how excited everybody was. Can I ask was. you this about the Astrodome? Because I actually conked a dude's pad. His pop built that thing. Uh-huh. Was it sweaty? Um, no. You know what? Now that you mention it, it, it I, I don't remember ever being uncomfortable, okay. like like hot in there. Okay, because yeah. they, they ended up tearing it down, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, it's still sitting there. there. They, they don't know what to do with it. Oh, but, uh, okay, white elephant rock. It's got it, the, the new, uh, like, stadium is, like, adjacent to it. It's right, one of those right, situations. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Right. But it. I it drove past it a bunch buttloads of times. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. Except yeah, I never thought about right that. Now, they had good air conditioning. They had good air conditioning in that place. They had to figure okay, it out. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, and the, the town was Laporte. You drive through Pasadena, not the Cali one, but the fucking 50 refinery one there in Houston, near Houston. Yes, yes, uh, on your way so, to NASA. So everybody's going crazy for the king. Yes. And uh, you're foaming. Did you want to be him? 
I just, I just, I just. What about Gary so, Sheff? Was Gary Sheff on base? You know, probably so. I, I was I, again. I was five. It had to be those guys. It had to be James Burton, Jerry Sheff, and yeah, Jimmy Burton. You know, yeah. I don't know if Ron. Tutt you know, was Jim on Morrison. Jeff. You know, Gary Sheff's on L.A. Woman, and that, that's right. Jim Morrison that's right. was all lit. The last guy to talk to him was the drummer man, uh, Mr. Densmore. And he was all. He said, "Gary Sheff wants to tour with us." Jim was like, "Yeah." Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and that didn't happen. Yeah, he never no, even Dor- heard it mixed. He bailed. Doris right was a real sink. bass player. That would have been great on tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so so cut to two years later. My mom takes me to see Elvis again. So I saw Elvis twice by the time I was seven. Um, and again, I just remember. I, I you know, I I guess I was starting to take in music at that point. Like just just stuff. My parent, my parents listen to country music and like Neil Diamond and stuff. But my older brother listened to Black Sabbath and Alice Cooper, and um, I remember him telling me about. I remember him telling me about Alice Cooper and like going to the show and the stabbing the dead babies and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that song, was, right? Off Killer. Yeah, yeah. He, he was laying it on real thick, so I thought it was all real, and I, I was, you know, I was scared. I was scared the by killer, the paranoid album cover. Uh, uh, killer was the electric chair because they get into a fight and then they would execute him with a guillotine or uh, yes. a noose or some <laughs> shit. Yes. Yeah. So, now, can I ask you, the pad you grew up, was there any musical instruments? There was not. Yeah. I, you know, I, it, it's weird. With four older brothers, none of them, none of them had a guitar laying around. Okay, then um, let me ask you this. In, in, in grade school, were you in the choir, marching band, or that kind of shit? No, no. I, you, know, you know how I fell into it? It's like I got, so I got into, I got into music probably, uh, like when I was like nine, uh, a family friend gave me a bunch of cream magazines. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, and there are probably hip paraders and circuses in there too and stuff, but, but like, they're lame, but I, I, <laughs> like, yeah, Bangs, I Richard Meltz. Yes. No, but rock criticism back then. I mean, the writing, I I, Mr. Meltzer called it rock, right? <laughs> right. And I, the, the, I think it was Mr. Chris Gow with like Dean Rock on a shirt. Mr. Mills exactly, lots yes, of jokes yes. about that shit. What was no, the first I'm a fan record? All you, those guys, yeah. Ronnie, what was the first record you bought with your own money? So, uh, so 1972. I'm seven years old. My parents give me some money. I wanted to go buy a Partridge Family record, but my <laughs> that that older brother who liked Alice Cooper brought me there, and he. He taught me to buy records he wanted. I walked out of there with Frank Zappa's apostrophe <laughs> and, and Cheech and Chong's Big Bamboo. Is apostrophe and, um, the yellow snow? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yes. And Big Bamboo, no, I, me and D. Boone committed that one to memory. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's my baloney. Or listen to the Black Sabbath at 45. And, you know, can't, table candles, right? You poured wax on the table, light it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and first gig you saw live, was it that Elvis gig or was there a so live it, it gig? Was those, it was those Elvis gigs. And like and, but like you know, starting at like nine and ten, I was I was asking my parents like if I could go to shows. Like I wanted to go see the Who in seventy five. No one would take me. Uh they took me to see John Denver that year, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the but the first show I went to that I wanted that I got to go to that I wanted to go to was uh seventy six, age eleven, Kiss. Uh yeah, it was Kiss and Bob Seeger. Um and my dad got his, some dude that worked for him to take me. And, um, yeah, and, and we had good seats. It was like 15th row, middle, you know, middle me of the floor. Me and saw Kiss maybe three, four times before they even had an album out. They would open up for anybody. Wishbone yeah. Ash, Savoy Brown. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, so, they, worked, they, worked, they worked their asses off back then. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. And the, and the sign was light bulbs. It was yes. really little, yeah. And one yeah, of those yeah, kids, Gene well, Simmons' hair, <laughs> caught fire and roadie had to knock it out with a wet towel 
there are club gigs where they have the sign like on the side of the like on the ground, like on the side of the stage because they couldn't hang it. I actually saw a Paul Stanley solo tour, the first one he did, play Bogarts here. Yes, <laughs> yes. And he comes running from the limo. Into the pad right, it's got 300 people, people holding up license plates and shit. And he's got his mouth, his cheeks are all puffed up like a fucking, you know, chipmunk uh, squirrel thing. What happened, he gets on the stage, they're full of picks. He spits Paul Stanley picks all over the crowd. Course, you know, it's raining men. It's raining Paul. I like that he ran in. Yeah, he because that dressing room at Bogarts was like off to the, in the next room, right? Was, he wasn't going to walk That's the right, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah, he yeah, ran yeah. from the limo into the, yeah. You remember that, <laughs> Marina Pacifica Mall. I think yeah, Live no, Bait I, was the pad across the PCA. That was a great club. Yeah, that was a great club, even though it was in a mini mall, right? Like that was. A, I, I think it was a strip mall, more than a mini mall. There was Bar yeah, yeah, Winkles right. was next door. It was all this yeah. bullshit because Long Beach stays there, right? So you, you, you're servicing a certain lifestyle. Look, I want to play uh, Blow Your Mind by the Muffs. Yes. When you're talking to me, done.
Talking in the spaces in between other people. Are. 
aren't saying, please stop talking. L'Alliance annule en la différence en embrassant les hirondelles sur elle, ma belle ma belle. Tongo
Pedro Show, that chunk of music it started off the muffs doing Blow Your Mind. Then Brian New from Sawako Kose Komatsu Nightbeam. Uh, Mark Stewart, the singer of the pop group, did a collab with some Italian, Italianos. Lampretanto, Mark Stewart, with Naked Safari. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> After that, the, ki- uh, the Killers, name of the song, not the new wave band. Uh, from, uh, Bob Pollard, of course, it's the, uh, every other month. It must be time for a new Bob Pollard. That's <laughs> guy, he puts them out. Jesus, he cranks it out. It's like, if you got a child, you got to take a dump. So he gets a thought, he's got to make a record, right? Okay, and uh, XV, some ladies from back east, was starting over. Please stop talking. Cube with commercial for nicotine. What other kind are there? Noisuka with Hirondell's. One, we'll hear uh, next show, Hero Dell's number two. Uh, plus Dog Plus with the Shadow Absence. Ratchet Orchestra out of uh, Quebec with Bongo Island. Hence the bongos. Equations Collective <laughs> with uh, Helicon Sessions Cut 2.2 Part 2. I don't know where Part 1 is. But Niagara, or like my Nassau de Marinaio band may say, Niagara. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to tell him it was a native word. Kalor, uh, uh, Harisama Sima with Involuto and Celluosa. Fucking butcher that language. Northern Jaw, brand new. Manus is a hard thing to define. Paranoid State from Holland with the Great Divider. Speaking of that asshole, he's got his little fucking mouse in there doing a little show thing today, right? And then finally, on and on. Not what, but the muffs. Back to Ronnie Barnett with his journey through music. Okay, so you get the you get some records for your brother via yeah. you. <laughs> and somehow he, you end up he on. He took ba- the rolling paper out of that Cheech and Chong record too. He took that rolling paper out of there. Well, well, well I think on the record they end up because uh, they can't find any mota, so they use some socks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We don't want to try it. Sorry, but we yeah. did try the banana peel thing, that shit in cream, some cabbage it would sell over the mail. Anyway, how did you end up on, on bass, Ronnie? Yeah, what happened was, um, so I became a fan of music and I started hanging out at the local record store. So I I started sweeping up for promos and stuff. This is like when I was like 14, 15, and, um, and I became friends with a manager and he played bass. And... and, ah. and 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 because you know kids don't ask for bases, right? Like that you they want, do they these want to days. Gu- they didn't they those days, days, but yeah. they do these days. Not in those days. They want you know you, they ask for guitars or drums or, or you know yeah, whatever. Guys who wanted gigs because everybody else was playing guitar, right? Yeah. So no. So this guy it, and he'd give me all the any, anything punk or new wave. He would give. He hated so he would give me all that stuff. But <laughs> um, but it was you know it, being in Houston. Um, there's that strong blues thing happening, right? You, you mentioned Absolutely. like Hopkins stuff. Um, so he. He was a blues also, guy. there's a so, strong Jandic thing in the Montrose part. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was not hip to Jandic. I moved here in 89. I, I was not hip to Jandic when I lived. I got to two, yeah. two, he picked me for two gigs. Wow, wow. Hey, he didn't call himself Jandic. Right? He called himself the representative from Corwood Industries. Yes, okay. Corwood Industries, of course. Um, yeah, so no, this guy had a bass. He had a Fender Precision. And um, I asked my, I asked my parents for a bass. And, um... So 1978, they gave me, I got a Fender Precision, it's Antigua, and it remained my bass through my whole musical career. Like what, I about, never, what about amp? Uh, my, fr- my first amp was a Lab Series. 
Oh, man, I remember. You know who liked Lab? Was B.B. King. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were guitar amps, mainly. Yeah, no, the only other guy, the um, guitar player from King's X, uh, played a Lab Doug, series. Doug Pinnock. Uh, no, well, the guitar part, Ty Tabor. Oh, okay, because Doug I don't Pinnock, know Doug, but yeah. Doug Pinnock, hell of a bass man, and a great singer. Oh, my singer, God. And a great Oh, singer. incredible, incredible. No, I, I I saw King's X early, you know, being from Houston. I, seeing them in a club with that sound coming out of nowhere, it was unbelievable. Like... You know, but yeah, Doug, incredible. So, you get a bass. Do you go for lessons, or you ju- do you just try to learn stuff off records? Yeah. So my, my so my parents set me up with lessons, and uh, they I got one lesson, and then the teacher goes, you know, you should get him a guitar. Like try <laughs> try tried to switch me off the bass to the oh, guitar. It, treason, and they did. Treason. They got and they got me an acoustic guitar, and I actually took like two lessons, but I really didn't take to it, and um. Shortly thereafter, I, I, in that same record store, I ran into a history teacher at my high school. So, so I'm like going into my sophomore year at this point. So I meet this history teacher, and he was known as like kind of a punk, you know, singer, teacher, whatever. Yeah. You know? And I met him, and we hit it off. And he like, he he's like, you got a bass? Why don't we Why don't we play? And so Whoa. him and his him and his brother took me under their wing and taught me how to play the bass. And got me in a band, and that's how I learned. Like, so the lessons were out the window, and I just wow, talk about oh, teacher-student relationship. Yes, yes. So, like, yeah. So, so yeah. The first brother Matt my, did years of teaching. Yeah, I don't know if no, he got I mean, any dudes in a band, but <laughs> he helped a lot of cats through. But yeah, there's there's a skill to being a teacher. Sometimes you got to go and get in through that, get in through the base. Well, no, 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 and that was the best way to learn, man. Because I like that's how I I don't know I had some kind of feel or whatever. Did you guys you know, do gigs? We 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 did, but they were all like school related. Like, so my first gig is my sophomore uh, talent show, right? And like, I wore like a suit. We did like a Gang of Four song. We did a water. We did mannequin. <laughs> we did mannequin by suit, wire. Huh? Like, you, like it, this was radical at the high school, right? We did mannequin by wire. Yeah, like we, yeah. We, first album, Pink Flag. Yeah, and the other band was doing like Thirty Eight Special. The other band on the bill. Dude, you know what I mean? Ronnie, that bass, yeah. that bass part in Mannequin. It starts with it. Dong, do, dong, yes. Do, yes. Yes. Kind of no, that's, chord progression, but it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, I could pick that up, right? That wasn't like too busy no, or whatever. No, but it has all those good little fill-in uh, ramp-ins and ramp-outs. Boom, 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 boom. You're a no, like no. this spice. Did you guys do the accent? Um, he, you know what? He did do the do, accent. Like he Green did. Day style. And, and I got to sing the your disgrace part in the middle. Disgrace. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so was that gig a success or a failure? Yeah, you know, we did all right. And, and then we did like a school dance. Like I said, you know, the school wasn't ready to really embrace that kind of shit. Like we also did like all day and all the night or whatever, you know, and who covers or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. um, you know, it, but then I, I was in that band for like, you know, a year and a half and then I joined the rival high school band uh, and that was a band that was doing keggers and we were playing lover boy songs and stuff <laughs> so <laughs> so but we were like we were you really know the singer good. now weighs 500 pounds they call it blubber boy right <laughs> I, I think we were Vancouver cats I remember watching yeah I had I shared yeah. the same pro- uh, product manager at Columbia and hey, yes. hey, he points to the the thing on the bulkhead you know the uh, gold thing you know hey what this lasted two years <laughs> that was a great thing about being on a major label right all that kind of shit like like following like working with a person who worked with van halen on something before you 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was with him 14 years, but my thing was kind of like an SST thing, so it was way different than those. But they would always laugh. They kind of, uh, they, they, I don't really have horror stories from there because they kind of like the autonomy thing. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, wanted no, me well, to they... give seminars for the new bands because these motherfuckers wanted the puppet strings tied to their wrists and ankles. Right. Well, they signed you knowing who you were and what you were going to do, what you're yeah, going to do. I did 11 right? years SST before that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so uh, look, you got to tell me the name of that band with the teacher and his brother. We were called, we were, we were named after a water song. We were called Blessed State. Oh, wow. Blessed State. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> heavily in the, <laughs> heavily in the wire. Wow, um, wow. First three albums. Yeah. And then the, and then the other band that played the, the, the commercial Bible. stuff. Yeah, that was the distractions with a Y. Of course. D-Y-S, <laughs> yeah. But the guitar player could play with his teeth and stuff. Like, we would kill with these keggers. What like, was that like, Hollywood band? Easy enough, and it was all like that. <laughs> like, you have, have it phonetic, right? Because fuck, you know, English. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Or, or putting the apostrophe in in there, like Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Tons of poses. <laughs> all right. Alice Ch- it was Alice N. Chains. I, I remember pictures. They're wearing machine gun bullet belts and shit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, they were glammy. Yeah, yeah. Of course, but you know, you, you, there's something in the air, right? So you, you know, like Mick Mars. What do you need? Fog at? I can just imagine Mick Mars at the tryout, right? What, what do you? What, you need bell bottoms? What do you need? Platform? <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour, July 2022 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Special guest Ronnie Barnett. Hold tight for hour two. I did I 20, 22. It's the second hour. Walk for Pedro show.
Oh, <laughs> 
Show we start with the second hour. Uh, uh, the Muffs, not Offs. Remember Offs? They were from the city. Huh? Kind of got into reggae. Dave Vinyl. I think Junk killed him. Fuck. Anyway, the Muffs with the I'm a Dick. Then Ben Salter out of Tasmania with Lech. I think he spelled it wrong, but that's okay. Trobakova uh, Kushnepeshi. This is a Slovenia band. Uh, well, these days, this is 1983, so it's still uh, Yugoslavia. And they're playing in Zagreb, which is now Croatia. Muziki Benali. And a tune called Nikad Robom, which uh, translated, thank you, never a slave, but always a slav. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a, that cognate is connected somehow. It's because somebody told me Welsh meant slave. Oh. That's why Welsh guys never call each other oh. Welsh. Yeah, because in England for, for them. Uh, Ma- Michael <laughs> Vega and Imberdon with Idyllic Tragic Assembly. The film Venable out of North Carolina. He put out these four CDs full of him on the stand-up bass. That vacation friend. Chivalboard after that. Julie Schooley. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> Head cut. <laughs> Cold shoulder. Ray Shin. Commuter. And the must finally with Big Mouth. Okay. So, after the uh, interesting pronunciation, phonetic spelling ban, <laughs> you, you end up leaving Houston and come to SoCal? Yeah, yeah. Um, so after those what high motivated school, that? Uh, you know what it was like. Like so, so after high school, I put down the. I, I didn't. I wasn't in a band for a while. Like I put down the bass. I, I always thought like, I'll, you know, if I end up in something, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. But you know, I wasn't going to scour ads and try to meet people and stuff. Um, so what happened was I became a journalist. I, I, I wrote for the weekly Houston paper and. Uh, uh-huh. I thought that's what I would do, because I, I, I was like, oh, I get to get in shows that, free. I think that weekly ended up running the big festival there. And they, they, uh, yeah, it was called Public News. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, God, I probably I probably wrote about you in there. Um, what, you know, what, I saw what, the what Minutemen. club? It was like a big old house. Uh, Fitzgerald's. Fitzgerald's, yeah. Love that place. I, they tore, You know, they tore that house down. I got a piece of the floor in. Yeah, I heard uh, about it. I played one of the last gigs there. And, and the, I think those people uh, own the White Oak or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that house only stood for like 100 years before they tore it down and made know, a parking lot out of it. Yeah, yeah. And there was another yeah. little pad right near it. A little little roadhouse thing, I remember. Uh, yeah, Rudyard's. I mean, there were a few. Rutgers, uh, you know. the, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Rudyard's was in Montrose. And I think that's yeah. still there. You play upstairs. Yeah, but there yes, was something yes. right on the same street as Fitzgerald's. A little pad I played once because a gig got rained out. The thing about Houston is they did all these underpasses for instead of overpasses. So when it rains, they all fill up. The cars start floating. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, true. So Fitzgerald came to the rescue. So, so how long yeah. did you write for? So that means you went to gigs and like did gig reviews and record reviews. Yeah, yeah, I did gig reviews and I, I you know, got to. So talk, you ended you know, up I, like Lester Bangs and Richard Meltzer. Yes, exactly. Rock, my right. And I and I'd interview Sonic Youth and Buck Owens and and you know I did whatever I wanted. It was great. I write about Slayer and you know whatever. Um, yeah, and I thought I would do that. And what happened was I had met Kim. Um, she came through uh, in 86 with the Pandora as her former right, band. Right. And, um, and we met and, uh, and, um, and, and kind of hit it off as friends. It wasn't romantic. And, and my brother lived in Costa Mesa out here. Orange County. So two months later, I came out and spent a month in Costa Mesa. I actually saw, I actually saw the second Firehose gig, Mike, uh, at Safari Sam's when right. I was out here on that trip. I remember that. Um, That's when... Because for a little while, Sam had a place up in Hollywood, but that was one of the last things there. It was by the Golden Bear. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, near yeah, the Golden yeah. Bear. I, I missed out on the Golden Bear, but yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, last I was very excited Beefheart to catch gig. gig. Last Cap Beefheart gig it was at the Golden oh, Bear. Oh, man, I love that place. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, uh, we stayed friends over, you know, over the next three years. And in 89, uh, she came through town again. And I did the same thing. I came out to Costa Mesa, spent a month, and that's that's when it became romantic. So, so we became a couple. I moved out here. I dropped all the shit I was doing in, in Houston, which was writing and you know working at a record store, and moved here for love. And uh, and and me and Kim were we we went out for like three and a half years, and so that's how I ended up. Uh, that's how we ended up forming our band. Um, yeah, but but at the same time, she was still helping the Pandoras, right? Yeah, she was still in the Pandoras, but they had gone like heavy metal. We mentioned heavy metal. Oh, earlier. I They'd remember gone, that change. Yeah, yeah, and and it really, you know, they they kind of lost their they lost their original audience, and they didn't really gain a heavy metal audience. And, and then the, um, the singer had an aneurysm in the shower or something, right? Yeah, that was a. Uh, that was after Kim had left the band, but yeah, uh, that's right. That's yeah, right. no, that's at age like thirty one. In I fact, mean, yeah, they had was, another bass player too. In, in the meantime, yeah, they, well, they did a gig with like a dude on bass, a guy that's from right, a band, that's right, that's a right, a band called Taz, one of those Bam magazine metal bands, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Remember Bam um, Brother Matt? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it meant Bay Area Music. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, but but right before the Muffs. Uh, uh, the Lazy Cowgirls rhythm section quit, oh, and I yeah. I tried out for the Lazy Cowgirls. Was Bob um, Lee in that version? No, okay. no, but I know Bob. Um, because yeah, he yeah, ended no, up uh, helping the Lazy Cowgirls. I think they were Indiana cats that moved here. They were, they were, and their and their 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 rhythm section quit like on tour. Like they they flew home. That's real classy. Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> Leave the other two guys. Yeah, um, fucking dicks. Talk about being a dick. Yeah, so I picked up the bass again. I'm like, I'm like. And, 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 and okay, love, so you I, ain't I, played I love, since those fucking school days, okay? Exactly. Did it come exactly. back quick? It did come back quick. It did. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm like a feel kind of bass player, right? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not playing a bunch of fancy stuff. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I like to be in the pocket. I, I you know, so so, you know, James rock and Jameson. roll. Just yes. talk about Houston, who played with Lightning Hopkins, Dusty Hill. Yes. And he asked, they, he asked Lightning, man, I can't figure the changes. And Lightning said, Lightning changes when Lightning wants to change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look at Dusty Hill. That, that kind of stuff is the biggest influence. I love that cat, back. man. I got to meet him. It, his fingers were like 10 thumbs. Yes. No, no, you could tell those, yeah, those photos and stuff. <laughs> and he yeah, was I, bad. He was solid. He was beautiful. So was Frank and Billy. But, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Trace Ombres and uh, Fandango was big on us, Minuteman. 
my, my first memory of smoking pot is age 11 at ZZ Top uh, in 76. The, the tour where they had the Texas stage oh, yeah. and the livestock. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> I just love opening Trace Hombres in that big Mexican show. <laughs> we would just oh, man. Them. Yes. We didn't have no, any that, money. We just looked at it. <laughs> that, I, I used to go to that restaurant. I, I wish I could would have ordered that meal. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, okay. And you're also inspired to get on the bass because what? You're writing songs with Kim? Yeah, no, I didn't write. Kim, Kim, Kim wrote the songs. Like, so so, so what, she, would, she would bring them to you and then you'd write ba- bass parts or would she write your parts too? Yeah, no, no, we would we would work them out as a band, and, and then, you know, and then she started doing demos. I mean, they're pop songs, you can tell, like, you know, so we weren't jamming, you know, like... Um, and who was on the drums? Uh, so originally we had this guy named Chris Crass, okay. uh, who, was from, who was from Seattle, uh, and he was a little older than us, but he was really, you know, he was a really good drummer, and, uh, you know, he worked for a while, I... I always say, you know, he was he was all he was always always almost out of the band the whole time he was in the band, right? He he, he was kind of Probation. a difficult, yeah, he was kind of a difficult personality, right? He's a little right. different than us, or, or but, like uh, uh, Orson Welles said, an unfortunate yeah, personality. We solidified '94 as the trio with uh, Roy McDonald on drums. Roy, Roy was in Red Cross, like yeah, sure, uh, before sure, that, sure. Yeah, so uh, we knew Roy. We actually asked Roy to be in the band when we first formed, and he uh, he was like, but uh, he wasn't a McDonald brother. No, but they used to lie in interviews and say know, that he was sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so people still think that. But yeah, not a McDonald brother. But uh, okay, can you remember the first gig you did with Kim? Yeah, I do. It was. It was. Uh, I remember the date too. January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one, at the Shamrock. Shamrock. Um, I remember that. Yes, guy. it was yeah, kind yeah, of like. Yeah. Uh, Silver Lake, right? Or on the border with Hollywood? On the border, it became that strip club Cheetahs, which it still That's is. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, right where Sunset and Hollywood kind of meet, right around there. Yeah, actually, Sunset and Hollywood cross. Yes, that's what that freaked me out when I moved to LA. It's like, wait, those two streets cross, Wilshire and Santa Monica cross. Like, I, I, <laughs> it takes a while to figure this town out, man. But and then you but, find uh, out that Sunset is actually the end part of Route sixty six. That's how you got from Chi Town to SoCal in the old days yeah. before Interstate. Do you remember yeah. the first song that you wrote with Kim? Um, again, I, again, I didn't really write. I, she did throw me a, a song well, on the first credit. one she threw you, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. seal at fucking yeah, it, Marine it's a, Land. It's a song called "I Need You," and I, I help with the arrangement. It's it's like a garagey kind of riff number, like you know, the bass line is like da 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 da. like Chas yeah, Taylor, yeah, yeah. real strong. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it's garagey. She does her right, screaming thing. You hear on the it. animals like we got to get out of that place, get out of this place. That bass is so. F- Man, the, the English producers were not afraid to put the bass up loud in the rock and roll, 60s rock and roll. No, thank yeah, God. I loved it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that Shamrock gig, was that a success? You know, it was, You know, we, we had a lot of friends, right? So you know how, uh, or maybe you don't, your first gig, all the friends come out, right? Yeah, of course. So, so you know, Danita Sometimes was they're there. the only ones. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So the Paula from the Pandoras was there and Danita from L7 and the McDonald brothers, and, you know, all our friends and, um, and then second gig was at the Gaslight, nobody there. We call those character uh, builders. That's behind yeah, the yeah, Ivar yeah. where uh, Duce used to be a, a MC. You know, I just remember Shamrock is where Dave Markey filmed Firehose doing a video for Mannequin. It's all whoa, connected, whoa. It's all fucking connected. And Dave Markey did our first major label video for a song called Lucky Guy. How about that? Oh, Lucky Guy, I remember that. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Look. It's time, Brother Matt, spin cycle, but we're going to get right back to you. Right on. Got a song here for Ronnie's brother. 
dreamed I was an Eskimo. Frozen wind began to blow. Under my boots and around my toes. That bit the ground below was a hundred degrees below zero. And my mama cried. And my mama cried. your money don't go to the show well I turned around and I said oh oh well I turned around and I said oh oh well I turned around and I said oh oh and the northern lights commenced to glow and she said With a tear in her eye. Watch out where the huskies go, don't you eat that yellow snow. Watch out where the huskies go, don't you eat that yellow snow. Right about that time, people. A fur trapper who was strictly from commercial. Had the unmitigated audacity to jump up from behind my igloo. And he started in the whipping on my favorite baby seal with a lead-filled snowshoe. I said, with a lead. Lead-filled snowshoe. He said, peekaboo. With a lead, with a lead-built snowshoe. He said, peekaboo. He went right upside the head of my favorite baby seal. He went whap with a lead-built snowshoe and hit him on the nose and he hit him on the fin and he. That got me just about as evil as an Eskimo boy can be. So I bent down and I reached down and I scooped down and I gathered up a generous mitten full of the deadly. Yellow snow. The deadly yellow snow from right there where the huskies go. Whereupon I proceeded to take that mitten full of the deadly yellow snow crystals and rub it all into his beady little eyes with a vigorous circular motion hitherto unknown to the people in this area, but destined to take the place of the mud shark in your mythology. Here it goes now, the circular motion. Rub it. And then in a fit of anger, I... And I pounced again. Great googly moogly. I jumped up and down the chest of a 
he was very upset, as you can understand. And rightly so, because the deadly yellow snow crystals had deprived him of his sight. And he stood up, and he looked around, and he said, I can't see. Stretched across the frozen white wasteland, trying to figure out what he's going to do about his deflected eyes. And it was at that precise moment that he remembered an ancient Eskimo legend wherein it is written on whatever it is that they write it on up there that if anything bad ever happens to your eyes as a result of some sort of conflict with anyone named Nanook, the only way you can get it fixed up to go trudging across the tundra mile after mile trudging across the tundra right down to the parish of St. Alfonso
spin session has been spun. Brother Here. Matt, please enlighten us. Well, what you were bringing with that dose of spin cyclage. It all started because of Ronnie's brother. Yeah. And his. Uh, he set you off. Yeah, commandeering him to get that apostrophe album by Frank yep. Zappa. So I hadn't dusted that off in a long time. Had some wire in there. Yep. And Toys That Kill. Yep. And um, wrapped it up with, uh, well, also had. Uh, they opened up for the Pine Hill Haints last night, the Dean. How bitching that sounded. Um, had some uh, Get Down Moses yep. and Very Be Careful, wrapping it That's up. That's right. Remember those guys? Yeah. Uh, Valentino Cumbria from yeah, Colombia. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and in fact, two weeks ago, played uh, the Blipsy Barcada uh-huh. up in K-Town. It was a great oh, gig, probably the best gig we've done there. Wow, cool. Tom Watson was on fire. Bitchin'. And he's healing up from his sickness and back in action. I think Alex's bar this Sunday. Oh, like awesome. Like 5.15 or something. Yeah, cool. it's an early show. Big man. He's Booker Man there. Yeah, yeah, right <laughs> on, Nick. And cool. then a month, no, three weeks, I'm there again with Flipper. Oh, man. As a power trio. Wow, righteous. That's going to be two weeks from this Saturday. Oh, man, cool. Right? I, I think that's, that's 30th uh, or something. August 29th, uh, 30th. the 5th. Oh, cool, cool. Brother Matt, thank you so much for bringing that spin cyclage. You can't wait for next week. Right on. In hour two of the July 2022 Dish to Watt special guest, Ronnie Barnett. Hold tight for hour three. July 202022. It's the third hour of the Lot for Pedro show.
quiet with a look, a look she sharpened up with her eye. In her dream, I'm alone and I wake up sucking lemons. Distracted by it all, you think you have to die before you go to heaven. Beauty is found on earth. Sublime beauty, it is found. I'm partaking of the Pleasantries, what are you saving it for? This thing will last forever. I'm picking up flowers now, and I'm going to dance around. Happy for everything we have in common. Finished the previous list of calls, and I wrote another list. I won't have another miss. No more waking, sucking lemons. Beauty. It is found on earth. Sublime beauty. It is found. If I go to shake a Sharpened up with time In a dream I am alone I wake up sucking lemons Partaking of the pleasantries What are you saving it for? Who are those mountains for? And why is the sky and universe so vast? And why are the stars so pretty?
for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with the Muffs. Doing Sad Tomorrow. Then another umbrella. Get you, Derek. The Eternal Flame. Yeah. Rubber O Cement with music for music critics. It's for you, Ronnie. Cameron, <laughs> Horn, Hacker, Flatten, Thompson with How About Never. Diane Marie Kloba with Sucking Lemons. And finally, the Muffs to that funny place. So what about touring? Muffs. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we we started touring like even right out of the gate. We we were five. Oh, months I remember, old. but I wanted to hear you say it. Yeah, no, no, we we booked a tour up to the uh, to Seattle and Vancouver when we were five months old, like in uh, I five tour. Yeah, yeah, though we skipped San Francisco and Sacramento and shit. I, I don't know what we were thinking. Even Portland. That's because it's did, off I eighty. Yeah, we just did Seattle and Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, we we we. Then what kind started, of van you got? What kind of van you had, Ronnie? Uh, we had well, you know, Chris, the drummer. He he had he had ties in Seattle, so it was like it was opening for somebody. You know, we might have done Eugene too. Um, no, what kind of van? The, oh, the what kind of van? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah uh, we rented a van. We never owned a van. Wow. Yeah. All that touring, and you never owned one. No, we always rented. Yeah, Probably with that rental money, you could have bought one. <laughs> I, 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 no shit, right? We. We were not, we were not big thinkers in that respect. Yeah, we <laughs> didn't. All right. It's all right. We spent the money. Yeah, we got hotel rooms. You know what I mean? We didn't, uh, we didn't sleep on floors. I, I, I you know. There's air mattresses now. I wish we had this forty <laughs> years ago. You can sleep on fucking rocks now with these motherfuckers. <laughs> Let me tell you. And uh, yeah. so right out of the gate, you're torn, and then you get courted by the the big label, right? Yeah, like like. Um, it was about it was about nine months after that first show at the Shamrock, and we uh, we had just recorded we, we we recorded our first two singles at the same time. One was so one was going to come out on Sympathy for the Record Industry, and one on a Go Go, Long Gone John, and uh, a Go Go. He's got that. He's got the fucking raw power Iggy jacket. He does. It's he plastic. does. Yeah. Did, like Stan, didn't Stan Lee trade it to yeah, him? Yeah, because Iggy sold it to Stan Lee for dope. Yes. Stan Lee sold it for more, but still for dope. Yeah, well, at least it's not going <laughs> to... It's, it's kind of repurposed. It's kind of, it's kind of a good story in a way. Um, yeah. So you made a single for Long Gone? So, so yeah, we record these singles, but then Warner Brothers uh, finds us, right? Like, uh, uh, our A&R guy, he, he had gone to the Coconut Teaser to see Trash Can School, but he walked out wanting to sign us. I remember so, the teaser on Crescent Heights. Oh God, yeah! Free hot dogs and the oh, fucking oh yeah, silver yeah. spray paint and sawdust. Ten bands. Yeah, Me and Raymond saw uh, Arthur Lee there. He didn't get one song out. Somebody gave him shrooms and he couldn't get it together. Drummers <laughs> threw sticks at him and ran out of the club. <laughs> yeah, Arthur's a real thing, right? Yeah, yeah real thing. Um, so, so yeah, Warner so, Brothers—they really dig you at the teaser, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened? What, like, we didn't have any business people at this point. Still, like, so we're talking to Warner Brothers. We, we, we didn't have a. We didn't have a manager or any of that stuff. We didn't even have a demo tape, so they signed us to a demo deal because um, the singles weren't going to cut it as far as a major label demo, right? So, uh, uh, so yeah, we signed a demo deal, went to Sound City, recorded next to uh, Ginger Baker and the Masters of Reality. Oh, um, I remember when he was playing with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. At Sound City, and um, yeah, we did a demo. We did a demo, and we got signed. And and uh, in the meantime, Sub Pop wanted to do, do a single, so so. We were technically signed to Warner Brothers, but they let us do the Sub Pop single. And, um, For Militant it, Street Cred. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that Remember, worked or perception not, is I... nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> yeah. Now, now but... your major label experience, nightmare or? No, okay. it, it, uh, it's kind of like you said. It was, we yeah. had a great time. They, they let us do what we wanted. Like our, our first album has 16 songs, got an Angry Samoans cover on it. Right, it's, right. You know what I mean? We made it with our two A&R guys, um, one of which is uh, Rob Cavallo, who became a big producer afterwards. Because sure. um, the next band he signed was a band called Green Day, right? Then yeah, they made Dookie. Tiny so, band, yeah. yeah, a little tiny band. So, no, they let us do what we want. Like like, like I said, we hired Dave Mar- we got to hire Dave Markey to do our video. And, um, yeah. I don't not enough people hear that because they weren't all nightmares if you held on to your autonomy and, and your integrity. But these clowns that cry about it, nobody sees what they were trying to become fake royalty. Yeah. No, I don't want to get all know it all on the shit, but uh, man, I saw a lot of this duplicit behavior. What's well, all who you work with, right? It's, it's whatever A and R guy. If you get an A and R guy that thinks he's like a fucking the boss of the thing, and and you know. He wants to hear more demos or wants to hear hits or whatever. You know, like we never encountered that, you know, for better or worse. The um, funniest one is he wants to take you to dinner when you're actually taking him to dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. We didn't know that at the time either. <laughs> it's called recoupable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, these, these meals in the studio, these are good meals. Uh, but, uh, Hey, the way I look at it, it's not you're not going to earn that money unless you're selling millions of records absolutely, anyway. So you may, absolutely, You may as well spend that money. Oh, no, no, uh, the records are flyers for gigs. Exactly, yeah. 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 So, so um, now you, you end up leaving the band. No, no, no. I was in the band the whole time. Me and Kim were the two that were in the band from beginning to end. Okay, um, okay, so you never left. I never left. They, they did one gig without me. It's because I had an eye surgery and I had a uh, air bubble in my eye and I couldn't fly. You are forgiven. Yeah. So thank you. So yeah, that friend filled in. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't. Th- nobody noticed, probably. You know. So um, was it the yeah, guy no, from so- Taz? <laughs> 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 yeah, I made him cut his hair. But yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, this is the most anybody's talked about Taz in years, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so how's the evolution? How's the arc of the band? Yeah, so we we uh, we had we had three major labels. We we were we were on Warner Brothers' first album, switched to Reprise because of Green Day for the second and third records. Well, by the time the third record came out, we knew we were a month after it came out, we knew we were going to get dropped. Though they still gave us tour support, we still went on tour, and then we uh, then we signed with Fat Mike at Fat Records. Um, okay, no FX. Like like we kind of just kept going. You know how it is. You just keep going, and and, and you're not even really thinking about career direction or whatever right so yeah, yeah, we, so we signed the fat records they gave us a decent budget we made the next record um uh and then it came out on their little their power pop imprint honest dons because uh we never heard this at the major label like he's like i thought you're gonna make a fast record it's like have you heard our records like we're not like we're not a punk band like like uh he has this weird idea about the band's part of the movement had to have a, a certain kind of sound i remember him giving me this lecture about what is art and what is punk, and you know, yeah. No, he was. Cool. I was thinking like, of that farmer who knows he's going to grow a good crop because he's using a lot of manure. 
yeah. No, I think he thought because we were on Fat Records, we'd make this like really punk record or whatever. No, but, but just, I, I, no, I heard I have heard his rap. He's a nice guy. I really like Eric Melvin. He's a beautiful man. Oh, me but, too. Yeah. But uh, Mike's got this weird idea about the movement being so confined and orthodox and part of this uh, labeling thing that. I, th- I thought we got, well, basically it was to get away from, from arena rock, but also labels and genre and all that shit. Yeah, Punk is yeah. a guy who gets fucked in jail for cigarettes. What kind of music is that? <laughs> that's right. fast. It can be slow. <laughs> <laughs> it still means that, yeah. God, Pat um, Smear told me once about hearing this guy yelling and crying the whole night. Yeah, he was in the drunk set. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Fat Mike and his semantics. Okay. So, so after the Fat Records record? Yeah. So after the Fat Records thing, we kind of we, we 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 broke with our manager. That's when we started. That's when we kind of ended up on our own and uh, no manager. We kind of took a little break of sorts. Um, it it wasn't planned, but we, you know, after working continuously for for you know ten years or whatever, uh, we naturally just kind of took a. Now during this break, we still toured. We still went to different countries. We did the Warp tour. Um, we still did stuff, but, but, you know, people mark time by record releases. Right. So, so on paper, there were five years, you know, that went by, but yeah. So, so we made our next record really, really happy and came out in Oh four, um, came out on a label called five foot two that Anna Warnaker, uh, and her daddy was at Warner brother. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, her her dad, we worked with him there. uh, Yeah. Great cat. Moa Austin and, uh, all those guys are wow, great. Krasnow, yeah, those three cats at Warner Brothers were suits that weren't like suits. No, we were there in 95 when all those people left, and, like, I, you know, it was a huge deal. Like, like you try to pretend at the time that it wasn't a big deal, but it was a really big deal. Well, and, like, I can believe it. All these other people are a great drummer, man, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so Anna and Charlotte Caffey, they had a label, and they put out our record. and um, Right. You know, Speaking so of the McDonald Brothers. Exactly. exactly. We're... we're, we're we're cross pollinated with Red Cross our whole career, right? So, um, yeah, so we did it. We got in the van again, did a, did a, did a tour for that record. Um, and uh, and then just for whatever reason, we took a – three years went by where we just – you know, Kim got married. Um, uh, Roy got married. Just – I don't know. Uh, Kim started just trying to do – write songs for commercials or whatever. None, none ever sold or whatever. Uh we just kind of decompressed there, and then we we got back together because we got we started getting offered. We got offered to go to Spain, uh, so we never really broke up. We stayed friends, but we got back together and just started going places. And uh, by that time, we're established, and you re- figure out if you're established, you don't need a record to tour behind, right? Like you can just go on the road. Yeah, right. yeah. Like that, that's what Loverboy does, right? Like so, that's what they did in vaudeville. You had to work the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we were lucky enough to be to have a rep at that point. So, so we did that, and then we started slowly making a record, and 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 we put together this. And so, ten years went by between record releases, but we did do shit during all that time. And then, and then in that ten years too, Ken joined the Pixies for like a year. Um, yeah, that was sad, right? They threw her out for pogoing. Yeah, well, that was. That was the story. Like she did stage dive, and they had a they had a manager that would like come down on her and stuff. And and and, and look, Black Francis gets the rap, but he was Kim was his pick. Uh, no, like he, I like, know Charlie. He's great cat. Actually, he was a great. He's he great. grew up he, in he was uh, grew up in Torrance. He's from Harbor City, right near right. Pedro. That's right, South Bay. Yeah, no, he, he went was to great. college in West Mass. He lives there now, but he's actually yeah. So the friction was between the other other guys in the band. 
and, and the manager, right? So yeah, they threw her out. I, you know, it seemed like she's only been in the band four months, but she was in the band like eight months before they announced it, right? She learned sixty songs, and um, yeah. So and then so uh, yeah, and then we, we put gotta, up our we record. We got to talk yeah, so, about this a little bit, Ronnie. But yeah, we, we lost Kim to a horrible disease. Yeah. Um, so so Kim passed away from a- ALS. Uh, she had it for like two years. Um, wasn't public about it. Um, and uh, it's just the most heartbreaking thing that can happen to someone you love, right? You, you, right. Uh, but she kept a good attitude, man. She she had a, a, a device that would read her eyeball that could talk for her. So, like, the machine would say, like, your girlfriend's got a hairy pussy and, you know, stuff like that. She'd smile. She could still <laughs> smile. You know what I mean? Did, did so, you guys make a record during that time? Yeah. So, so, so we were assembling a record when she got sick, right? And so... She had these rough demos, and 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 when she couldn't play guitar or, or sing anymore, we made the decision to kind of flesh out these demos. And uh, I compare it to Madcap Laughs because we kind of had to adhere Sir to Barry. like, yes, because we had to adhere to like weird timing sometimes, and 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 you know there were there were off you know out of key guitars and stuff, but but she oversaw um, the production of, of of this record, and we. It's some songs we had left over. We had a couple songs left over from last record, um, but we, for the most part, they were they were songs that were going to be on our next record. They're just in like kind of rough form, and we were gonna we were gonna put it out. Like she was still around when we, when it was like finished and had a release date, and you know we were gonna put it out and just kind of say like ah you know we 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 like to feel these demos you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a miracle. We finished this record and actually it came out good. Um, yeah. yeah. So it it really is a miracle. Look, so. I want to play. Don't pick on me.
heroin were uh, words. <laughs> Music and lyrics, Lou Reed.
Watt from Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. The Muffs start off that chunk of music with Don't Pick On Me. Then just released was the demo Lou Reed did for Heroin in 1965. And the guitar part is so much different, but the words are the same. <laughs> Most of them. Jeff Kimmel with Live at ESS. And finally, Take a Take Me, The Muffs. So, Ronnie, what are you doing now, music-wise? Uh, I, I consider myself retired. I, I, I don't, um, you know, I, I I didn't sell my bass or anything, but, uh, you know, so look, if Loverboy calls, I, I am available. <laughs> if Your it, first call? If, exactly, if there's an offer I can't refuse, you know, I, I'll do it. But uh, ring, ding, 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 down the throat? Yeah, you know, that, that was my band. You know, that was my band, and we were family, and, like, I, I just, you know, I... I don't know. I, I, I what, what, what about that, that early stuff when you were writing about music? Did you ever go back to that? You know, I, I, I would love to, um, but you know, I, I don't know. Music journalism is different now, right? It's like, it's all bloggy big and like time, big time. Yeah. 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 So it's not, you know, we don't have weekly papers anymore. No. Right. Like, is there a hard copy of the LA weekly? I don't think there is like, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I bet you if there is, Fallen James is writing some blurb for a gig. Exactly, exactly. Right, but um, nobody writes about records anymore. Yeah, no, I know. It's 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 really is a lost art. You know, quick people don't have attention spans anymore. And um, I don't mean to sound like an old man, but uh, it's just different. But yeah, no, I I would love to. I, I I've written some liner notes and stuff. I, I you know I would love to do more of that. So give me a call, people. Okay, yeah. Can people find you on the internet? Do you have a website? Uh, I don't have a website, but I'm pretty, uh, you know, I'm on the usual. Well, I'm not on Twitter, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And, and I, I I see I see mess. People can find me. I, I don't hide. You know what I mean? Okay, it's right. B-A-R-N-E-T-T. T-T, right. Two T's. Hey, and I still, work, I still work in a record store, too, so I'm on the front line still. You know, I'm oh, still in the store? business. Yeah, uh, record surplus in West LA. Okay. Awesome. Used to be on Pico. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, you know, now we're on for Santa nine Monica years. Uh, Nels Klein worked at the Rhino. Yes, yes, yes. That's a whole other podcast, man. Record stores of the past. David Couch. It's Crouch. different now. Crouch. Yeah, yeah, he was there too. I'm like an antique salesman now. You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, is that you know, what it is? Records. Uh, look, yeah, Pryson. So, wire some guy, records for the last seventy bucks. I did with some MSSV. This cat back east who runs a record thing. He says the big dealio is discogs.com. Yeah, well, I mean that's like where you can where people can list. It's the yardstick to see how many dollars, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. You get your uh, you see what the lowest it sold for, the highest. Yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and it's like that because some people are saying, you know. Yeah, in the old days you could go to thrift stores and just find this, and they're ruining everything. Yeah, that's like the that old guys yelling at trains for go, going too fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, now, now people know what an original copy of Double Nickels goes for. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, look, if you ever get anything music going and working that bass again and get music together, will you come back on the show? Absolutely. This is this is great. It's beautiful. Be board. And totally, this show dedicated to Cam Shattuck. Thank you. Yeah, much respect. And you too, Brother Ronnie. Okay. All right, man. I'll see you soon. Okay. People, July 20, 22, Dish Wap Peterson. Brother Matt, yeah. keep your powder dry. <laughs>